G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. So let me ask you something. Does God punish us or does he discipline us or does he do both? And when he does, is it out of his anger? Is it about justice or retribution? What's it all about? How does it all work? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be back with you again. Today we're going to take a look at the discipline of God from a different perspective. Back in my day when I was growing up, I remember getting more than one belting from my dad. The strap a couple of times, the odd slap across the backside. Not often, mind you, pretty rare actually. But not surprisingly, those times stick in my memory. I don't feel in any way traumatised by those things. I don't feel angry towards him. I don't feel as though he shouldn't have done those things. Of course, in disciplining a child, some people do go overboard, and that has horrible consequences. I mean, children are abused, sometimes even killed through beatings. That's a terrible thing. But that never happened to me. My parents disciplined us, my sister and me. Sometimes it was a belting. Other times it was being sent to our room or banned from watching TV. Black and white back in those days, of course. The one and only TV set we had in our lounge room. Or we weren't allowed to go out and play with our friends or whatever it was. And at the time, it was never fun. I mean, who enjoys being disciplined? And perhaps sometimes my parents didn't always get it right. I've got to tell you, especially when it was my sister's fault and I copped it instead. Of course, it never happened around the other way, did it? But I think of the alternative. A child that grows up without discipline. A pretty scary thought, isn't it? doesn't matter what part of life it is. There are boundaries, there are rules, and there are consequences if we step over the boundaries and break the rules. Whether it's driving a car, whether it's in business, whether it's simply walking down the street, whether it's drinking alcohol, it doesn't matter what it is, there are laws and breaking them has consequences. If I walk down the street and just punch someone in the face, well, chances are that I'll end up in front of a magistrate charged with assault. If I walk into a shop and just start taking something out without paying for it, well, I can expect to be fined or locked up. If I were to go out and get drunk on the street, right, and smash a window of a shop, I could expect that there would be consequences to that. And if the whole system of laws and justice is working well in the place where I live, we don't sit there at home thinking about how oppressed we are by those laws, do we? I don't, I don't sit in my home thinking, man, how oppressive and restrictive is it and unfair is it that I can't drive my car down the street at 150 miles an hour? And those laws don't oppress me. They, they keep me safe. They keep you safe from me. They set me free to enjoy the world and the country and the city in which I live. Okay, people still break the laws. Someone was murdered recently less than a kilometre from where I live. Sure, people still break the speed limit or they drink and drive and they kill children. But the fact that the laws exist, that most of the people most of the time keep them, brings a level of safety and freedom that lets us enjoy our lives to the full. That's because laws are carefully designed to balance personal freedom with the need to restrict behaviour that's dangerous and bad. 
Now, that may oversimplify things just a tad, but that's basically it, isn't it? Some of the people listening to the program today live in a place where the rule of law has broken down, where people can do whatever they like. That's a dangerous place, very dangerous. Others live in a place where laws have been enacted that instead of protecting freedom, they restrict it. Or they live in a place where authorities can abuse the rules and arrest people just because they feel like it. See, in those places, the laws don't work well at all. In those places, the laws oppress people instead of keeping them safe and setting them free. Good laws, good rules, well enforced, basically only prevent us from doing what's wrong. That's the basic principle, and it's a good one, and none of us, none of us would argue with that. It's obvious, it's plain common sense. It's the same at home when we're growing up. Our parents set boundaries for us in our behaviour, in in what we said, in, in when we had to come home at night. And perhaps, perhaps we might have set those boundaries slightly differently. But hey, when we have kids, we do exactly the same thing. One of the things that really worried me about these Christians was that religion was just another bunch of rules. Don't do this. Don't do that. And if you break the rules, then whammo, God sends a lightning bolt from the sky to zap us. One flash in your ash. And I reasoned. That is absolutely no way to live your life. Who wants it? Who needs it? Give me a break. (laughs) Funny the ideas we have. We accept boundaries and rules in every other part of our lives because whilst we may not agree with the precise detail, we understand that there's a need, that they're reasonable and that they're good. But then when it comes to God, we imagine somehow that he's this lunatic despot that heaps a whole bunch of impossible rules on our shoulders. But what if he's not? What if God truly is our father? And because he's God and because he's our dad, he only wants to protect us from the stuff that's wrong, the stuff that's going to hurt us and other people. What if the boundaries that he sets are much wider than we ever expected? What if the things that he says don't do are actually much fewer than we expected? And what if it's pretty obvious that the things to which he says don't are the really obvious things. Hmm. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, which means sleeping with someone that you're not married to. Impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, but all of those things are pretty obvious to me, aren't they? They're the things that are going to hurt us, things that aren't good for us, things that are going to rob us of a full and abundant life. And there's actually not many of them there. I mean, of sure we shouldn't envy, drunkenness, carousing, dissensions, factions, arguing. They're obvious. God is our Father, Abba, Dad, and he loves us. He loves us so much. He wants us to live this amazing, abundant life, just like any dad wants for his kids. Wherever they're born, whatever their circumstances are, he wants them to overcome this world and be all they were made to be. And sometimes, like any good dad, he's going to discipline us, to set us straight, to let us wear the consequences of our own stupidity (laughs) so that we're going to learn. And no, it won't be fun. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 7. 
endure trials for the sake of discipline. God is treating you as children. For what child is there whom a parent does not discipline? If you do not have that discipline in which all children share, then you are illegitimate and not his children. Moreover, we had human parents to discipline us, and we respected them. Should we not be even more willing to be subject to the Father of spirits and live? Now, discipline always seems painful rather than pleasant at the time, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. A father who fails to discipline his children isn't doing his job because his job is to help them grow up. And part of growing up is that we have to learn to control ourselves. And as a dad, I can tell you, sometimes the easiest thing in the world would have been to give up on the kids. It's hard work. Who can be bothered? But a father who does love his children doesn't give up. And I thank God I had a dad who didn't give up. That's what our Father in Heaven's like. It's part of His Father's heart for us. Families are and always have been God's idea. It's a concept born out of His Father's heart. And let me tell you, when we get a handle on the incredible Father heart of God, that changes everything. I mean, everything in our lives. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet, The Incredible Father Heart of God. At the end of every chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you actually think through and apply this rubber-hits-the-road teaching right into the realities of your life. See, God's Word is alive and active, so I'm praying that through this booklet, the Holy Spirit will speak the powerful Word of God into your life, into your family, into your relationships. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll free on 1300 722 415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1300 722 415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.